You're listening to the West Side Podcast, a part of the L.A. International Church of Christ family of churches, worshiping God in L.A. since 1989. So it feels good to, you know, unmask and look at you and be seen. I'm grateful. I'm grateful for a day such as this. And um, I'll give you a warning real quickly. You have to listen very carefully. Pay attention to me because if you don't, I got an accent. You're going to miss the word that come out of my mouth. So please pay attention, okay? All right. But amen, um, as I was introduced, I am Nigerian-American. Uh, I became American, if you will, uh, over, what, 13 years ago. But I was growing up in Nigeria, and uh, in my, I think, 21, I moved down to the U.S., and I was uh, an older student, if you will, you know, back in the Atlanta Empire. And uh, I do remember uh, the first service that I came out to. Um, it'd been a while when, you know, the brothers had been reaching out to me and wanted me to come out of church. And I kept saying, no, no, no. And this one Easter, actually it was, sorry, it was Christmas Day. This uh, brother, Ayo, he came up to my apartment and he knocks. And I'm like, why is he here this early morning, right? I let him in and he says, you know what, today it's Christmas and you have to come to church with me. And I told him, I said, listen, I have this... Uh, sale that I wanted to catch at Best Buy. And so, if you really want me to come to church, you got to come with me first to Best Buy, and then if there's time, we can go to church. But I said that because I think you're like, nah, right? And he says, okay. <laughs> so he actually went to Best Buy with me, and we, you know, we spent time, and we finally got to church. When we got to church, it was towards the end of service, and I remember that we're making an announcement that there's a new campus ministry that was starting. And they were introducing this young couple, Steve and Carrie. Yes. And so that day I met Steve. And I remember thinking, well, cool guy. You know, he's got a little boy, Kyle. And I'm, man, okay. And he loves God. And she looks good. And she, they love God. You know, I had all this worldly perception about what it meant to be a Christian. I just thought, hey, you can't be a Christian if you're really doing well in life and you a loser. That's what I thought. But he inspired me. And long story short, I studied the Bible. Not too long after, I became a disciple. Amen? So, you know, we've been talking about gifts for the past uh, few Sundays. And, um, you know, there have been different lessons. Hopefully you've been paying attention. I have a whole lot of uh, things to go over and... Uh, I only have 30 minutes. It looks like it's a two-hour con. Yeah, so let's, let's start. Let's bow our heads. Well, Father, thank you. We're grateful for just the love that you show us. We're grateful that you've called each and every one of us individually. And you know us personally. You inspire us. And you gift us with everything we need, as it says, for godliness and for this life we pray god that this time is pleasing to you and that the word that come out of my mouth really is inspired by you and that we can live here inspired and thinking of the different ways through which we can please you with our gifts 
In Christ's name we pray. Amen. So I remember talking about gifts about 16 years ago. My wife and I, we got a special gift. And it was on Father's Day. And we got a gift of our firstborn child, Reagan. But it wasn't without drama and some scare. It was late at night, and she wasn't due yet. And, you know, she was complaining about discomfort and pain and just, we said, okay, well, let's go. Let's go in and make sure everything is fine, right? And it was late, and it didn't help that the hospital that my wife had chosen to, you know, give birth at was all the way out in Orange County in Lake Forest. And you wonder why Lake Forest with all the hospitals around us. Well, I, tell, I know, babe, you're listening. I, I know you're watching now, but I want to just say it. So Kaiser had just built this uh, amazing five-star kind of hotel-style maternity ward. And so my wife says, you know, that's got to be the one. Yeah, it was 50 miles away. We lived in Inglewood at the time. And not counting, you know, traffic. And as what happened that night, we drive out. And as we finally make it towards the exit, I noticed that it's closed. Exit was closed. There's, you know, cones and just, you know, uh, I can see the, uh, uh, the, the lights from the cops' cars. And, and the next exit was so far out. We had to drive all the way out and then go through the streets. I said, no, I can't do this. And she's getting in distress. So I decided I'm going to drive through the traffic, through the cones, zigzagging. And then all of a sudden, C, uh, the CHP comes out. Stop. What are you doing? Stop, right? That's dangerous, really. It's just scary. Like, you know, like I'm driving at them. And somehow, as God would have it, I managed to get some word out of my mouth. And I said, hey, you know, please, please. You know, my wife, you know, she's pregnant and we're in distress. And somehow that got de-escalated and they opened it up and made sure we got to the hospital. Okay. But it didn't end there. The night was still very young. So we get to the hospital and, you know, it's okay. Well, let's induce labor, which they did. I'm like, okay. You know, all this white coats and all this people they're talking, you know, the corner, they're doing, they're, okay, let's do epidural. That was like, ah, and I'm in, I'm in that room. I'm like, oh, my gosh, right? So they tried, they tried, and hours on, no baby yet. And somehow they decided, they say, you know what? We're going to have to go in for an emergency C-section. Wow. This is not how we planned it. We were going for a five-star, you know, uh, experience at this hospital. We had it all planned. And we had this gift. We knew, like, okay. In fact, to ask, we thought we were having a boy. We were sure it was a boy. <laughs> we did this ch- Chinese calendar thing, and they said it was a boy. And we're like, yeah, it's a boy. <laughs> so everything is really. <laughs> so, well, I'll tell you this. So they go in. Did the operation. I'm in the room holding my wife's hand, Benon. I don't know how I managed. I stood. But you know, God is so great. 
and he is sovereign. His wisdom we can't even fathom. Thank God that we, we had gone in when we did. Thank God that they decided to do the C-section because what had happened was our baby was breached and she had the umbilical cord wrapped around her neck. It would have been a really different story. It was Father's Day, and eventually she came out with rosy cheeks and a strong, determined spirit. Thank God we got my gift, and to today I still call Reagan my special Father's Day gift, right? And as, you know, as time's gone on, she's grown now, and uh, God bless us with many, many, three more. <laughs> three more children, three more boys, right? Garrett, who is uh, 14. And we have Grant, who is uh, 13, and our boy Gage, who is 11. So today, I'm speaking about gifts. I can perhaps say I'm adequately prepared to talk about gifts. Because that was indeed a gift. Gift of life itself and how it all turned out. Amen? So, you know... Our text is taken from, and I think we had a picture of Reagan up here. Okay, well, there she is, right. She's all growing now. Amen. Boys, next time I get your pictures in, I know you're watching through our home. Um, you know, um, our text is taken from Romans 12. And you know, the Apostle Paul was writing, he was writing to the Roman church and talking about gifts. So the first inclination I had when I prepared for this message was to just dive into Romans 12, around verse 6, where all the different gifts were listed. And maybe talk about how we all need to wake up, find our gifts, and just use it to make the church awesome. And there's nothing wrong with that. That is good, right? But I thought, you know what, maybe I can dig a little deeper. Maybe I can get a better context. And so we'll start. From Romans 12, verse 1. It says, Therefore, I urge you, brothers and sisters, in view of God's mercy, to offer your bodies as a living sacrifice, holy and pleasing to God. This is your true and proper worship. Amen. Find my note here. You know, I had a quote that came to mind when it comes to gifts and our abilities. Let's uh, put that quote up. And it's uh, by Marion Williamson. It says, our deepest fear is not that we are inadequate. Our deepest fear is that we are powerful beyond measure. And I hope you can relate. And maybe if you don't feel that way, that is true. And we're going to find out more about that today. So we'll continue. You know, we'll continue here. Paul was encouraging the disciples. He says, offer yourself. We need to offer ourselves as spiritual worship or spiritual or in spiritual service to God as true and proper. And in context, in Second Peter chapter 1, verse 3, it says that God has given us everything that we need for life 
and godliness. And so, in relation to gifts, it means that the gifts that God gives to us is so that we are equipped to please him. Right? And I, and I know, I hope we all believe that God loves all of us equally, right? It doesn't matter how you look. It doesn't matter your race. It doesn't matter if you're in good health, ailing. Whatever your situation is, it doesn't matter. God loves us all equally. So then it only makes sense that in this audience today, in our in-person service, or at home for those of us that are watching live, that God has given you something. God has given you a gift. And yes, maybe in you know, varying measures, and they're not all the same. You've been gifted. You've been gifted so that you can please God. So you can live out the calling that God has placed before you. And so it continues in verse 2 of Romans 12. Do not conform to the pattern of this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. Then you will be able to test and approve what God's will is. His good, pleasing, and perfect will. You know, Paul is saying here that we need to start viewing ourselves differently. You know, we need to start thinking differently, renewing our mind. It says we should not conform to the pattern of this world. So as it relates to gifts, because that's a real, that's the subject of our talk today, right? God consider your gifts as something given so you can what? Please him. And when we start looking at sometimes gifts from a worldly perspective, we start having all kinds of thoughts. It could be competitive. Some, sometimes we can even have superiority, complex. Other times you might have inferiority context but as we change our thinking what we ought to have is what i have it there superior god context you know this god that gives all of us so generously what we need and so we begin to transform our minds so then because of this because of this change I'll say this, where the world boasts, we compliment. Where the world self-promotes, we edify. Where the world tears down, we build each other up. And where the world dishonors, we give honor. See, when we start really getting in touch with this gift, as God intended it, this is what happens. This is what changes. We complement each other. So as we study the passage, it's going to become more evident that every ability that God has given us, yes, again, in various measures, 
is simply so we can live a more fulfilling life that centers on bringing God glory. And so my gifts and abilities, or yours, are not meant for competition in the church. It's meant for compliments, complimenting each other. And that's why the Bible says that we are one body in Christ, made of various members, each with important functions. So we're not independent of each other. Rather, we are what? Interdependent. And that leads me to my first point after all those many words. Connect to your giftedness. Let's jump to Romans 12, verse 4. So, it says here, For just as each of us has one body with many members, and these members do not all have the same function, so in Christ we, though many, form one body, and each member belongs to the other. We have different gifts. According to the grace given to each of us, if your gift is prophesying, then prophesy in accordance with your faith. If it is serving, then serve. If it is teaching, then teach. If it is to encourage, then give encouragement. If it is giving, then give generously. It is to lead. If it is to lead, lead or do it diligently. If it is to show mercy, do it mercifully or cheerfully, really. You know, some things that hit me when I read this, it talks about, you know, if you're serving others, do it what? Do it well. In, in, in the New Living Translation, it says, if your gift is serving others, serve them well. You know, one thing I hate most is when somebody is trying to do something for me or is giving me something, but I can tell that uh, they just they don't want to do it. They're begrudgingly doing it. You know? They're unhappy. Or if my, if I tell my son, you know, I want a cup of tea. And maybe he's playing his game and this doesn't happen. Um, and you know, he goes to make it. You know, my, my kids are actually, thank God, they're really obedient and so they don't, they don't talk back much, whatever, right? But sometimes I can tell, like, okay, they're not really wanting to do it. And I can feel it as a father, like, ah, come on. That's a little you can do for me, right? What do I do for you? (laughs) Something, right? So I don't know. If you're a servant, whether at home or here, hopefully you're doing it cheerfully. Hopefully you are eager to serve. And then the other thing is this, generosity. I want to talk a little bit about generosity. It says, if it is given, give generously. I don't know about you, but I know that I have truly enjoyed the generosity of so many of you in this room. I remember in the beginning of uh, the pandemic, we were in Nigeria. And we kind of thought, okay, we don't know where this is going to go. So, you know, I told my family, I said, okay, we talked about it. My wife and I said, let's come back to the U.S. because we don't know. Because all we're seeing back then on TV was people dying in Italy and China. It was scary, right? So we said, come to the U.S. because, you know, at least we know we can depend a little bit on the 
better medical system than where we are. So, but, because we had some things unfinished. They came two weeks, supposedly, before me. But what happened was, within those two weeks, they shut down the airport. My family is here. I'm in Nigeria. Can't come in. And it was kind of scary. But I remember, and I'm grateful for all the love and the West Side welcoming my family. My family group, you know, the newbies, I mean, that gave me a lot of comfort. Knowing that I was thousands of miles away, but my family was with family. They were enjoying the generosity. You know, I remember even Charlotte would drive miles down to Hermosa Beach or wherever we were then to drop off encouragement packages. You know, or setting up dates where they'll send us packages so we can have this Zoom date with. It's amazing. Thank you. I want to thank you. And I know in different places where you are, you are serving, you are generous. Keep it up. And, and, and the gift of, of, of giving and, and generosity is something that we all must keep growing in. I know that it changes lives. It changed my life. Quick story. I got stories. So back in the singles ministry in the Inland Empire, uh, a certain girl had moved from this ministry, really. She went to UCLA, and she'd moved down there. And, you know, it was a midweek service, and we were having park service. And um, she stood up to share because we're sharing our conversion stories. And when she stood up, all my friends were, like, kicking me and pinching me and saying, that's your girl. I don't know why. I'm like, oh, okay. I'd seen her before, but we really hadn't talked. And so I'm like, okay, that's my girl. And then the next, I think this was Wednesday, I, I had I had Z time with Steve. And he's like, he, he says to me, he's like, hey, that girl from UCLA, you better make something happen. He says to me. <laughs> yeah, you know Steve, right? But make something happen. It's okay. So I asked her on a date. But then she said she couldn't. She couldn't, wait, <laughs> she couldn't because a brother had already asked her. Yeah, but check this out. So I thought to myself, which brother asked her? And as God would have it, it turns out to be my roommate and my best friend, Shola. <laughs> The story, listen to this. So I go up to Shola, my friend, and I said, hey, um, Shola, he said, what? He's also Nigerian. He actually studied the Bible with me. And uh, I said to him, I said, listen, I know you have a date this weekend, right? Yeah. Uh-huh. I said, you know what? Cancel it. <laughs> and he says, what? You're crazy. I said, no, I'm not, bro. Cancel it. <laughs> Please cancel it. I don't know how. It sounds crazy. So he did. He did. And then I, right after he did, I called. and said, hey, I know you don't have a date anymore. <laughs> so can we? And so she said, yes. And you know what happened? After that one date, she never went on any other date with anybody else. Because it just so happened. Okay. 
I know, I know. And that sister is my wife today. <laughs> Amen. So, so, you see, generosity, to me, that was generous of my friend, right? It changed my life. So really, all of you here, please keep practicing generosity. And maybe, don't be foolish, but keep practicing generosity. Amen? So, (laughs) okay, let me find where I was. All right, are you with me? Okay, so we just talked about the different gifts that we have and that God blesses us with. And the other part in verse 3 of this chapter in Romans 12. You know, Paul says, for by the grace given me, I say to every one of you, do not think of yourself more highly than you ought, but rather think of yourself with sober judgment in accordance with the faith God has distributed to each of us. So it's interesting that God moves us from renewing our minds and transforming ourselves to not thinking more highly of ourselves than we ought. So God apportions gifts in different measures to each of us. So it's important for us to first know that no one gift is superior to the other. And some gifts are more visible, maybe, than others. For example, every Sunday we get to enjoy the leadership of our worship team up here, right? And they do such an amazing job. Thank you. Right? And, and, and such talents and gifts are very, very visible. How about the talent that is not so easily noticeable. What would happen if during communion today, the tray passes and there's no communion cup in it? There's no bread because someone forgot to do it. You know, people do that every Sunday. Or how about we arrive here in the morning and all the chairs are stacked to the side. And it's all empty or the stage is not done. What kind of a worship experience would you have? So you see, God gives each of us the exact talent and the exact measure that we need so we can complement each other. And Paul was talking about something here. He says, do not think of yourself more highly than you ought. And I see this sometimes, brothers, Okay, some of you at home, you're here. I've seen this happen where we could feel like, you know, I'm not being used. And this happens more often in the area of preaching, speaking. And a certain brother might say, I want to preach. God has put a message in my heart. And I want to preach. I want to preach. But then everybody around, or the leadership doesn't see it. And so what happens, they what they become disgruntled. Because maybe they're not truly seeing 
are tapping into their gift. They're looking and comparing. So I say be careful. Be careful how we exercise this gift. And this leads me, I'm going to switch gears as we close out here, to the spiritual condition of our hearts. As we consider ourselves and the different gifts that God might have given us. Let's jump to Matthew chapter 25. I won't read it all, but you guys know this scripture. Matthew 25, the Bible talks about a master with three servants. He was about to embark on a journey. And he gives each servant a certain number of talents, a bag of gold. To one he gave three, to the other he gave two, and then one he just gave one, right? Just one. Quote, unquote, just one. But he did give a talent. So when the master returned, we know that the, ma- the, the servants had to come to give accounts of how they've used this gift. So the two who had made use and yielded profit, in verse 21, it says, Well done, good and faithful servant. You have been faithful with a few things. I will put you in charge of many things. Come and share your master's happiness. That's got to be encouraging. I want to hear that. I hope you want to hear that when the master comes. And then the master was displeased with the third servant. I want us to hone in to something here. Let's hone in on the heart. In verse 24. Then the man who had received one bag of gold came. Master, he said, I knew that you were a hard man, harvesting where you have not sown and gathering where you have not scattered seed. So I was afraid and went out and hid your gold in the ground. See, here's what belongs to you. And we see what the father or the master says in verse 26. You wicked, lazy servant. So you knew that, I'm, that I harvest where I have not sown and gather where I have not scattered seed? Well, then you should have put my money on deposit with the bankers so that when I returned, I would have received it back with interest. And we see what happens here. The servant was dealt with. And it says that in verse 29 that for whoever has will be given more and they will have an abundance. Whoever does not have, even what they have will be taken from them. And throw that worthless servant outside into the darkness where there will be weeping and gnashing of teeth. A little rough. Let's turn. There's another quote I want us to look at. By Irma Bombeck. Aptly put. When I stand before God at the end of my life, I would hope that I would not have a single bit of talent left and could say, I used everything you gave me. 
Think about that. When you stand before God, would you have hidden something away that you ought to have used? Or would you gladly say, I gave it all. I used it all. And so back to that scripture. We wonder and we think, we might even judge this third servant. How foolish and wicked, right? All he had to do was just simply put the talent, put the gold with the bankers and do nothing else. So simple. But no, he didn't. He hid it because he said that he was what? Afraid. And I wondered, what could he have been afraid of? And different thoughts ran through my mind and maybe in your mind you're thinking. Could it be that he had tried in the past and failed? Not once, not twice, but many times he failed. So now... He's afraid. He's afraid to start again. He cannot bear any more disappointment. He's tired. Could it be that the master had in the past disciplined him, maybe for a mistake, maybe corrected him. And so now he's hit this blank. He's hit the mental block. He is apathetic. You know what apathy is. Apathy is like doing nothing. That's just okay. He didn't want to deal with the master anymore. Or maybe he was comparing his gifts, the number, the volume, to those of his peers. And he's thinking, there's no way I can measure up. No way I could catch up. They got so much I have this little. So he did nothing. But little did he know that the master was not actually counting the number. He was not really weighing him on a scale next to the peers. Rather, he would have actually been equally proud of him, just as he was, because The two other servants didn't have the same. But God, the master, said the same thing to both of them. I'm proud of you. Come, share with me. All he had to do is just do something with what you have. So, for some of us, we might have been dealt with some Maybe life has dealt us with hardship, unfair hand. We've suffered setbacks, heartbreak, failing health, your health. And I gotta, when I think about health, I have a brother in my group, Doug Bundy. You know, I know he's going through some health challenges, but every time I talk with him, he is full of life. He is encouraging. He's got something to cheer us up with. That's amazing. And maybe some of us, it's your marriage. You've tried everything. 
Nothing is working. And maybe it's a past mistake. Maybe it's sin. Maybe you feel like you've fallen so short and so bad that you're tired. You don't want to do it anymore. I do want to tell you this. I want to encourage you. As we close out, my time is running. I see Steve standing at the back. That's a sign to me. I get it. You know, Isaiah 43. Let's turn to Isaiah 43. No matter where you are in your faith journey, no matter where you are with using, utilizing what God has given to you, whether you feel as much or little, but God has given you something. We, we, we learned that in the beginning. Isaiah 43 says in verse 18, Forget the former things. Do not dwell on the past. See, I am doing a new thing. Now it springs up. Do you not perceive it? I am making a way in the wilderness. That is God's encouragement to you and I. So as we think about gifts, hopefully we'll begin to transform and renew our minds. By the way, the the, the heading for that one, because some of you like to have, you know, points, right? Was examine, renew, right? It's right on it. Examine, renew. <laughs> That's the heading for that one. My, my second and last point. Examine where you are, the condition of your heart. Renew your mind and see what God is doing. Imagine what we will have. Imagine the ministry that we have. Imagine the household that you have. The marriage that we might even have as we begin to see. This gift as God intended it. And so with that encouragement, there's no better place to turn to other than to Jesus. Because he is the perfecter and the author of our faith. And we know that we can draw strength from the cross because we are about to take the communion. And so Jesus is the answer. Jesus is the one who makes us strong when we are weak, right? His talents we can use because we look at a cross. So as we prepare for communion, we're going to have a couple questions up on the screen. And we do this every week. You know, huddle up in twos or fours and answer the question. And if you're not comfortable sharing, you can listen. Maybe you'll get something. And then I'll come back to pray for us for communion. All right. All right, all right. Let's, uh, let's round up. And um, we'll bow our heads to pray as we take the communion. Our Father, you are love. You meet us at every point of our needs. You gift us with exact gifts and talents that you intend for us to use in serving both you and each other. Thank you, Jesus, because we know that you are the perfect example. That you gave it all. If there's any such thing as giving it all, Jesus, you gave it all for us on the cross. Thank you for that. I pray, God, that we can connect with the cross. We can get strengthened and inspired. 
God, thank you. We love you. We praise in Christ's name. Amen. You've just listened to the West Side Podcast. For more information about our ministry, please visit thewestsidechurch.com or laicc.net.